Hi, welcome to the Waiting Wall Changes Everything podcast. I'm your host, Courtney. And I'm Kelly, founder and writer behind the Waiting Well Changes Everything ministry. The Bible overflows with stories of God's people waiting on his promises. We ask, we seek, we knock, and then we wait upon the Lord. Waiting Well Changes Everything ministry reminds us of the specific promises from God that secure our footing. With obedience and faith, it is possible to experience unanticipated blessings simply because we choose to wait well upon the Lord. Hello, everyone. Hello. Today, uh, Courtney and I are going to switch roles a little bit. And I'm going to play hostess, and uh, we're going to put Courtney on a the hot seat. The hot seat. Take <laughs> her out of her comfort zone a little bit. Um, it's it's in the past we've been talking about waiting well under different promises that God may have in our lives. Um, that could be if you're in a season of singleness, waiting for God to present a spouse, or if you're in a marriage um, that is going through trials. Uh, or you're divorced, looking at reconciliation and restoration, or uh, maybe you're in a season of infertility and you're waiting for God uh, to move and to uh, help you understand and, and as far as building a family. And so today I was going to ask Courtney to share a little bit about what's going on in her life and we'll have a conversation about um, the situation that she's in and how god what god is showing her how uh god is asking her to um navigate this period of time and recognizing that we're all in different stages you know there are people that have been standing on a promise for 5 10 15 years there are people who are walking into this period you know within the last couple of months and there are people that are going to hook into this podcast that are trying to figure out what does it even mean to be standing on a promise from God. And so I think the most appropriate thing for us to start in this conversation is um, I'm going to ask Courtney if you would just pray for um, whatever it is that God places on your heart in this um, conversation. Okay, let me pray. Let me also just say first that I'm really nervous about this and I don't know why <laughs> but here we go <laughs> Lord thank you for this time um, recording this with my mom and thank you for using my story um, even though I think I'm still confused a little bit as to why I'm going through this um, I'm just going to step out in faith knowing that this podcast episode was planned by you long before my mom asked me this morning. Um, I just pray that you would heal my heart as I speak. I also pray that you would heal the hearts of listeners who are maybe in the same boat as I am, um, and not even with my my situation, but just waiting in general. Um, Lord, I just pray that your love would be tangible as we record Lord that it would um, evoke me to have more faith um, and to rest in in your sovereignty Lord um, amidst confusion and heartache um, 
depression and disappointment. Um, I know that that's where you chase after us the hardest. Um, and yeah, Lord, I'm just gonna give this podcast episode to you. I really don't even know what I'm going to say. So also, Lord, would you just speak through me? Um, and let this podcast episode, this, my story be an example of how you turn what was meant for, for evil, for our good. I'm just trusting you in that Lord, prepare my heart prepare my mom's heart and prepare the hearts of the listeners for whatever it is to come. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we go into this, I would ask your patience. Um, This conversation, um, there's going to be a lot of ums. There's going to probably be a little dead space. Um, I really don't want it to be an overly edited conversation. podcast that we're doing so that you can rest in the moments that she's resting and and be thinking as she's thinking but it's Courtney and I had a conversation this morning is which is what really prompted this about being in different stages and she has been struggling for a while and she got a wonderful gift from the Holy Spirit uh, through a sign uh, oh, last week and I made the comment to her of sharing that and what that what that particular moment did in a before and after effect. And she thought I was thinking that that one sign like fixed everything inside her and made it all better. And that's not um, at all what I was meaning it at all. And so today that's part of what we we're gonna talk about Um, As she said, this isn't a scripted, it isn't even, I don't even have questions written out, which you may, after this is all done, go, I wish they did. (laughs) Um, But um, I think that this conversation is definitely one that will help people. Um, And again, as she said in her prayer, God, just step in and, and use us in whatever way you want. So let's start with, uh, why don't you just give a little background as to what you've been navigating for the last couple of years? Yeah, um, I've mentioned it briefly on previous episodes, but just for the past couple of years, my husband and I have been um, walking through infertility. Um, And then recently, as in January 10th, on my husband's 30th birthday, actually, Um, I was diagnosed with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I know I'm sure a lot of you have heard of PCOS. Um, it's actually way more common than I thought. A lot of women have it. Um, and there's different things that come along with it, but one of the biggest side effects is, um, infertility. What does that look like? What is, what does that look like today versus what it looked like? Um, maybe at the beginning of your marriage when you were just starting out and you weren't getting pregnant, has the diagnosis played a part in that? Yeah. In some ways it provided, it was, it was weird. It was like a double-edged sword. In a lot of ways it provided clarity, like, oh, okay, that's why. And then also, it was also a kind of like a punch in the stomach at the same time. It's like, 
I I actually saw the ultrasound when I was getting my the ultrasound done, which I don't recommend, but and I saw like the cysts on my ovaries and so before the doctor even told me like I saw it and I knew and that was really really hard cuz even knowing it was still like I don't know, it was just really hard to hear, right? Like mm-hmm. they have cysts on your ovaries and okay. and and it explains all a lot of the other side fa- side effects that I have like thinning hair, struggling to lose weight, like all of these other not fun (laughs) things that come along with all the hormonal imbalances. So I would say like, I would say both. It was provided clarity, but it also brought just another level of disappointment. For you, where is God in that journey? Um, I think that's been different each step of the way um, because I'm not the same person I was when we started this, like when we started going mm-hmm. through this. So I think in the beginning, it was more, I was more hopeful. I was a lot more hopeful in the beginning. I didn't know what was wrong with me, so I just assumed like, oh, yeah, I mean, it might take a couple times. Um, also, sidebar, no one ever really educates you very well on how pregnancy works and all of the things that have to line up for you to actually get pregnant. No one taught you that in school, like nothing. And so that's also been a thing that I've had to learn is like how precious life is that like so many things have to line up for you to be able to conceive. Um, okay, sorry. That was just, yeah, I'm a little soapbox for a second. Actually, but. <laughs> well, and, and you're absolutely right. And God knows every single one of those things. And he's designed every one of those things to completely line up. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. I, I don't know. So that, that's, that's been one thing that I've been struggling with a lot is, um, you know, comparison and, oh, I know how, like, how many things need to line up to get pregnant and, like, wham, bam, someone else is pregnant. And then, like, you, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, like, every time I go on Facebook or something, mm-hmm. someone else is getting pregnant. And I am, like, I am not bitter. I That's, like, one thing that I've really been trying to do is guard my heart from bitterness. I'm genuinely – I attended a baby shower yesterday, and I had this brief moment of, like – kind of sadness but then I was like no I think there's I think there's place in my heart to be to be happy for my friend and like hold my own grief grief I don't think it's like either or I think we can hold both of those things at the same time and so that's actually kind of the biggest thing I think God has been has been teaching me is that it's not it's not black and white I can grieve and have hope I can be confused and be certain at the same time, right? Absolutely. I think what you just described is the precious gift of life that God gives us that, you know, as as humans, we have these emotions and not everything is going to be um, as we want it to be. And at the same time that we're navigating through the hard times, he gives us hope. He wants us to learn how to endure and persevere and and it's in these moments these seasons of which we really learn how to do that 
you don't just you know you don't just get perseverance and endurance from happy times when everything goes the way that you want it to go it's the pressure it's the the waiting that really transforms us and what you're describing is no different than what a woman goes through or a man goes through when their marriage has imploded or if they're waiting they're in a single season of singleness waiting for god to put that that person in their life so that they can begin um building a family so you said in the middle of january you got that diagnosis so what if what is the last month been like um holding on to that diagnosis but also navigating through any other emotions that you have i would definitely say right after my diagnosis i kind of went into a little bit of like a depressive state um and i was there for a couple weeks um not a couple weeks. I, I honestly probably was was there until like uh, Tuesday. <laughs> um, and I had, I posted something on my Instagram story on Tuesday just about asking for prayer um, because I was getting my blood drawn on Wednesday morning again. Um, and to basically to see if I ovulated because I'm on, I'm on this medication to force my, I'm on this medication to force myself to have a cycle. And then I'm on another medication to force myself to ovulate. Um, and the past couple of months, the, it has not been working. And so we've just been increasing the ovulation medicine. Um, and so Wednesday I was going back in to get my blood drawn to see if I ovulated. So I was just asking for some, some prayer. Um, and so the next day I had a message from, um, a woman who is very dear to my heart down in Mobile, Alabama, where I used to live. Um, and so I saw that I had a a voice message from her, like on Facebook messenger. And I was like, Oh, it's probably, she probably saw my Instagram story and is just like saying, she's just said, she's going to like pray for me. And she's thinking about me or something like that. Um, so I was sitting on the couch with Brian after a really hard day and I, I opened it and she proceeds to say, you know, Courtney, um, we didn't know we meaning her and her husband, we didn't even know that you and Brian were going through this. Um, but I want you to be encouraged because two days ago, Um, My husband and I were eating lunch together and the Holy Spirit said, stop right now and pray for Courtney and Brian, Danny, that I will open her womb and that I will remember her just like in the scriptures when I remembered Hannah and Rebecca and other and other women in scriptures. I will also remember her. And. Adam. (laughs) I don't know. I think I'm one still processing that (laughs) message. I literally listened to it like (laughs) over and over and over again. I I could not find words after I got that message. I was like speechless. My husband got a little bit worried. He was like, are you okay? Because I just, I I literally just stared at my phone and I played it over and over and over again. And I just felt like, I felt so seen by the Lord. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, there's my promise. 
Like, he's going to open my womb. Um, and it was this, like, it was just this pivotal moment of, like, okay, God sees me. And, like, wow, two days ago he, he had someone 1,500 miles away pray that he would open my womb when they didn't even know we were going through infertility. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, before we go on with that, I, I, I feel like it's huge to stop right here and just talk about that moment of when you're struggling and you're struggling and sometimes you feel like you're not hearing from the Lord and, and you're all alone in this situation. And then it's like, boom, there's this sign or this, in your case, this message from someone else or, um, you know, that it comes in a whole host of things. I can, I can remember back in my early time of standing on a promise from God, having one of my most trusted mentors, um, we were meeting and, and I had been sitting there and quietly staring at her while she's talking to me. And I was talking to God at the same time going, God, please, please, I am so desperate. Would you please just use her to tell me something? And it, it was kind of like this fleeting conversation in my head. And then it went away and I refocused on what she was saying. And then she, she, as she's talking, she stops and she looks at me and she goes, Kelly, God has given you the end of the story. Are you going to trust him in how you get there? And, and I knew, I knew at the time that God had just answered my prayer. And, you know, there was this human side to me that just said, uh, so what's the end of the story that he's given me? It was like, I, I have to test this spirit to mm -hmm. make sure that it's right. And, and I totally get like that feeling that you were in. Cause I can remember getting in my truck afterwards and sitting there and processing it over and over and over again, going, oh my goodness, God, you're, you're actually there in this. You're, you are in the midst of what I'm going through. And, and even though you know it, like there's this piece of your faith that you know God is there with you when that physical manifestation of reassurance comes it's it's huge it's absolutely huge in the process yeah yeah for sure and then and i and i think that i, I was talking to my husband about this we were just like wow how cool that cool of god is it that he gave us that message before you got your blood drawn because the next morning I went and got my blood drawn and I got the results a couple hours later and I did not ovulate again. Um, so one big bummer, but two, like, I think that God, like God obviously knew that was going to happen. And so I think he gave us that message one to just provide that encouragement when we were going to get that, like that upsetting test result again. And so I think that one that just really helped me to handle that news. Mm -hmm. um, but I also have been, it's also been a really hard week. Like even with that amazing message that I got, I also have really been grieving this week. Um, and so I don't know. I think one thing that God's really showing me is like I said earlier, you can grieve and still have hope. So I have this promise that God's going to open my womb. 
Um, and in the meantime, like, I'm still facing, you know, like, the side effects of PCOS and just, like, the negative pregnancy tests each month and ovulation tests. Um, but something that I've really, really been kind of meditating on is when Jesus was at Lazarus's grave and Lazarus was dead, I think Jesus knew that he was about to bring him back to life, but what did he do? He wept, right? Mm-hmm. So like God knew like in like in a second I'm going to call Lazarus out of the grave, but before he did that he wept. And I I just think that that was a beautiful example of Jesus one showing us how to grieve and two like showing his humanity um and three giving us permission to feel both right to feel that to feel that grief of death or that grief of um a diagnosis or whatever it may be and knowing that God can resurrect anything in our life absolutely and that's Lazarus, the story of Lazarus is a great, great example to bring up in the process of waiting well, because we look at the situation just like Mary and Martha did. We look at those situations and we think they're all done. I mean, like calling the time of death and, you know, this can't ever be resurrected again. Nobody, they they can't change. It's never going to happen for me. I mean, there's so many things that we either verbally speak out or in our minds, we call the time of death on. And when you read that story, Jesus purposely stayed in place where he was until the natural course of man declared the time, declared the death of Lazarus. Mm -hmm. Like, when he first got the message that Lazarus was sick and dying, he didn't just run to Lazarus aside. You read in the Bible that he stayed put. He knew what he was going to do all along. We didn't know, Mary and Martha didn't know, and that's where our faith comes in. And when I read that story, like it, it and, and when I've talked to people, it has been such a huge piece for me to say, death the 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 dying of a situation the dying of a marriage the there's so much yes that you grieve in that but if your heart is aligned under god if if you are praying for the will of god to move those situations that man deems as unfixable or or unchangeable that that has no bearing in god's kingdom like your diagnosis the only thing that diagnosis is, is it's a list of symptoms and it, and it gives you a, an explanation of what your body is experiencing right at this moment in time. But we know from scripture and we know from history that God moves way beyond all of that. And, and that the fact that Jesus showed up after Lazarus had been in the grave when he was starting to smell and he was starting to decompose Jesus made it very clear in his actions by by that delay that this was nothing that man was going to be able to fix. This was not going to be a medicine that that a doctor in that time was going to come up with. This wasn't going to be a healing that that somebody was going to do. This was 
completely dead and buried in the tomb. And Jesus, through God's strength, was going to do the resurrecting in this. Yeah, I think I texted you after I got my test result. I was like, the only thing I can say right now is God must be creating one heck of a testimony. Because... Absolutely. I mean, even everyone I've talked to has just been really perplexed on why the ovulation medication isn't isn't working. And I'm not even talking about, like, just having, like, on the lower end of levels, like, my doctor said with the medication I'm on, they want my, like, progesterone levels to be, like, between 5 and 9, Ideally, it would be higher, but that's like the lowest that they would be able to be like, okay, yes, you did. And my level was like (laughs) 0.26. So I'm not even like, I'm not even close to one. And the lowest they want to see is five. So I, I. What a perfect correlation to the Lazarus story. It's like, you know, Lazarus, like that extreme of this is what man wants. And yet. God, when he's ready in his time, he can turn it around. He, you could have a level at zero and he can turn it around. And he know, and, and with that um, voicemail that you got, that's your assurance right there. And, and God, God is not expecting us to stop our grieving or to not have waves of emotion that we're human. He, every emotion that we feel, God put in us. He designed us to have all of that. But the important part is like what you said, I grieve, but yet I have hope. And I think that where a lot of us can get really in the muck is the grieving process leads to no hope. The grieving process, when you begin to focus more on the grieving, more on the what is not happening in the time and in the way that you feel it should happen, that gets really dangerous. That gets you. It's very hard to get out of that. And the enemy is like throwing dirt on you at the same exact time, not wanting you to be able to breathe and and get your head above water and just like really pushing you down. And the important piece is to not focus so much on the details that aren't happening, but focus on the promise, focus on the hope, put your focus on Jesus and the fact that he's already got it all planned out way ahead. Yeah. And I think also to not focus on other people and mm-hmm. their experiences, yes. because I think also the comparison trap is real, no matter what you're walking through. Yes. Um, I mean, my own twin sister had a baby last year, and he's, like, the best thing in the world. And I love him. Like, like sometimes I just start crying because I love him so much. Um, and at the same time, it's, like, you know, I have to kind of catch myself from, like, oh, you let my twin sister, you know, Mm -hmm. like she has a baby and, um, and, and then, and all my other friends who even some of, even some friends who I walk through infertility with have gotten pregnant. Right. And so, um, just like catching myself from falling into that comparison trap. It's funny because as you were saying that I'm thinking to myself, the scriptures 
the number of scriptures in there that where God actually doubled the blessing and maybe you're going to be the one that's walking out with twins. <laughs> okay, I'm really starting to think that that's going to happen because even my doctor said, you know, you have a high chance of twins, one with the medicine and because I am a twin. So, oh a natural gosh. twin, not a medicine twin. Yeah. Oh my yep. gosh. Yep. Which well, my husband was like, well, we could just knock them out at one time. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> that comparison, I want to I just jump back to that real quick. Because that, that is another real, real huge piece of this walk when you're standing on a promise from God, irregardless of what that promise is. Because you're going to see marriages that are in much better places you're going to see marriages that um, are being restored and why isn't yours being restored you're going to start comparing the people within that well they're they're praying they're fasting they're going to church they're serving i'm doing all those same things how come it's working for them but it's not working for me you're going to be invited to weddings and you're as a single person and you're going to get that invitation in the mail that says plus one and and it's going to be another knock like I, I don't have a plus one or those are the times in which it's so important to refocus your eyes refocus your mind and your heart back on god and on jesus because they know what is to come where you don't yeah easier said than done in a lot of instances but <laughs> well it it it's easy to say, easier said than done, but it's in the in the doing. It's yeah. in the actual practice of that mm-hmm. on a repeated basis that actually over time makes you move through the stages of standing on a promise. In the very beginning, you're gonna go through that wave of roller coaster emotions up and down constantly. And several times a day you're going to feel like you bottom out and then then you move through that stage into another stage in which you recognize what's going on and you begin to depend more upon god and you hand god the situation and release the control and the the um idolizing because it really in some time in some factors it can become an idol in your life like God wants your focus on him. He can take care of the circumstance, but when you get so caught up in what is not happening in your time and in your way, and you're praying for that one thing over and over again, it becomes an idol in your life. And that's not what God wants. And in some cases, God will actually delay your promise even though he's given it to you, he will delay the promise until your focus on God becomes more important and your relationship with God becomes more important than the thing that you've actually been praying for. Okay, as long as I don't get pregnant at like 90 like Sarah did. Yeah, but even with Sarah, God knew. God had it. He planned and he purposed it. And he could have given Abraham that promise a lot earlier. And he waited until what man would think was completely impossible. And that's that's the one thing with God is that, you know, he moves in ways that we think are impossible. For him, it is nothing. So now you've been given this promise. You had this voicemail. 
and you're working through your grieving and, and the hoping, what is what does it look like in this, I would almost call this kind of a new season when you've been given this um, mile marker, this signpost um, in your journey. What is that, what does the next leg of the journey look like for you? <laughs> well, considering this was on Tuesday, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure yet. Um, but I think what's been different is I just have this promise to fall back on. Like mm-hmm. when I'm feeling myself mm-hmm. kind of go into that dark place, I I just, I have this new thing like, oh, God remembers me. God sees me um, and he will open my womb. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think it's just now it's going to be waiting with a new sense of um of hope but yeah i don't know i'm, I'm kind of just like saying this out loud because i haven't thought about that at all um and also this was just a couple of days ago but i think that that's just what i've noticed has been a little different is I, it was still a rough week because i got the kind of the bad news of my test results but i was able to maybe um stand up a little quicker than before Mm -hmm. and one of the things that's really important in this process is in your particular case you have a voicemail that you can pull up on your phone and and in those times where you just feel like you're hitting rock bottom you can play that voicemail over and over and over again um i would also encourage you to journal like get your journal out play the voicemail and write down verbatim what was in that um, voicemail you did i did (laughs) I'm a big journaler. And and for those of you out there who struggle with journaling, um, I get it. But again, and we've talked about this before, journaling is a huge way for you to write down those signposts that God gives you. Um, in my own particular journey, I have six very distinct times in which God has spoken either directly to me or through somebody else. And those six times are, they are literally my signposts. And I use them in times in which I, get, I myself get discouraged. And just to remind myself, God is in this. He is, he is not going to give you this journey and then abandon you. He is with you every step of the way. And in your particular case, you know, God has never um, had a woman go through pregnancy and then 14 months later she's still pregnant like this is this is a process that we go through we have this birthing process in which the promise that god has given us has to have time to ferment and time for god to do the things that he wants to do within us and when that time comes that birth of that new thing that will happen whether that's a baby or a marriage or a uh, restoration or anything. We have to allow God the time to be able to do what it is that he knows that needs to be done. Yeah. No, I think that's journaling those, like those moments have been really pivotal. I think in this, this journey, God's been giving me 
for the past couple months, maybe six months, he's been giving me these really vivid dreams mm-hmm. um, of this little girl. Um, and, like, I will wake up and I will – it felt so tangible. I will, like I – will cr- I will be crying in real life because I miss my baby girl so much. And then I have to – I'm, like, it, it's just weird. Like, I'm, like, okay, Courtney, it was just a dream. It wasn't real. But, like, I loved that little girl so much. And so I just kind of been thinking, like, I think that's God's just giving me a taste of <laughs> kind of, like, the love that's to come. Um, like – and, and Brian and I, we've, like, her name will be Denver. I'm, like, I, I really am convinced that when I do get pregnant, it's going to be a girl. Um, <laughs> if it's not, it's fine. But I really, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced it will be a girl, and we're going to name her Denver. And um, in a couple weeks ago, my sister was at a thrift store up in um, Lebanon, and she sent me this picture, and it was this little little girl's cheerleading outfit um, that was an Alabama, the University of Alabama cheerleading outfit. <laughs> and we're up in New Hampshire, right? And my husband is from Alabama, and he is a diehard Bama fan, like, like unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, and I just, like, I got it for, I had her get it for him, and I, like, presented it to him, and he just kind of started crying when he saw it. And so we have it hanging up on a little hook in our apartment. And so we're just kind of using it as like a, um, just like a little visual reminder mm-hmm. of, you know, every yep. time we pass, we just see this little Alabama cheerleading outfit. And it's just kind of, and I just like, I think God also and showed up in that little moment too. And Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, ho- I'm, ho- I'm very hopeful. I'm also very heartbroken. But I think, like I said, I think those two things can be true at the same time. Um, they absolutely can be true at the same time. And scripture says that God heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. Mm-hmm. And if that wasn't possible to happen at the same time, he never would have given that scripture verse. Yeah. God heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds it doesn't say how he's going to bandage them we just know that he will yeah well this has been quite a conversation (laughs) um i would say to folks um again as i said in the beginning to to uh i i hope you had patience with us and that you made it through to the end this was a very unscripted conversation um we didn't even really go into it with questions we just knew that the Holy Spirit was going to move, and we uh, are thankful that you came along with us on this little journey, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again next time. Yeah, I feel (laughs) like I need a nap. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guys. Thank you for hearing my story.